Hey, business building warrior. Hope you're having a great weekend. If you're listening to this right when it comes out, it's on a Saturday. This is our weekend update. A weekend update, if you're new around here, just means we've gone back in time, maybe a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, and we've grabbed some inspirational, informational, helpful tips and strategies from recently popular episodes where we've typically interviewed a guest who's a success story from our community, and we put them on the stage and we talk to them about what's working, what isn't, what challenges are they facing, what strategies can they share with us, <clears throat> excuse me, about their business. So let's dive into this weekend update in just a moment, and you're going to hear the clips that we've compiled for you today. But before we do that, a couple things about this show. First, if you're brand new around here, you should know the vast majority of our episodes are, as I just described, interviews with successful students from our community. We've got a free Facebook group. As I'm recording this, over 72,000 people from around the world using the strategies we teach to build beautiful businesses online. Jump in there if you're not a member yet. Silentgem.com has the link. The other thing that all of these people have in common that you've heard on the hundreds of episodes of this show are the fact that they're using the Proven Amazon course strategies to grow their business. Now, inside the Proven Amazon course, you will find dozens of helpful modules that can meet you where you are and take you to the next level. So we have students who have 10,000 or 20 or $50,000 or more businesses who study the content in the Proven Amazon course. And we have brand new people who've never sold anything online, and they're not even sure if this is a business that's right for them or not. We've got modules for everyone. The course grows with you. So that's the other thing that all of our guests on this show have in common is they are successful students of those strategies. So we're very proud of the fact that we've compiled hundreds of interviews with those students. If you want to see even more success stories, jump into our free Facebook group, like I mentioned at silentgym.com. There's a link to the course. There's a link to our coaching, all that good stuff. Something else I want to put on your radar before we jump into the content for this weekend episode is the fact that July 6th through 8th of 2023, you want to circle that on your calendar and plan to join us in Columbus, Ohio, as hundreds of listeners to this show gather along with nearly all of our coaching team. We have about 60 coaches. Hundreds of listeners to this podcast are successful coaching students, proven Amazon course students, all the sponsors who can't wait to be a part of the excitement. We're all going to go to Columbus, Ohio, July 6th through 8th for our 11th annual get together with over 40 breakout sessions for content for absolutely every stage of Amazon experience or e-commerce experience. If you're brand new, just checking it out, you're going to love this event. If you've got a $100,000 a month business and you're looking to expand, you're going to love this event. You need to be there. It's great networking. You're going to have a blast. If you've listened to a handful of episodes recently, you've heard us talking about it. If you have questions, get over to theprovenconference.com. Odds are we answer all your questions there. Again, the website. Remember these three words for our July 6th through 8th event. These three words, The Proven Conference. Go check it out. Hey, let's get into the weekend update. Can't wait to show you what we've got for you today. Along the way, as I was learning that too, that was right around the time that you guys were talking quite a bit about the proven product partnering model, mm -hmm. uh, working with other brands, right? The PPP model. And I knew that that resonated in me. Like I, I felt like I like that path. I just something about that just really clicked in me. That that's, it's, it's very relational. It's, <clears throat> yeah. it's talking to people. It's building long-term relationships and, mm -hmm. and kind of growing with them in their business. 
Yeah. And for those who don't know, Proven Product Partnering, like Jonathan just described it, it's one of the modules in Proven Amazon course. We would teach you how to help brands get on Amazon, basically, and then get paid a percentage of the results you generate and a flat fee too for helping them get set up and that sort of thing. It's a great business model, high demand. And Mm -hmm. once you have a basic set of Amazon skills, you're ready to start experimenting with it. And you'll find a lot of people out there ready to talk to you trying to get their brand that maybe it's their family salad dressing, for example, right? Like yes. help us get this online. There's huge demand for that sort of thing. Absolutely. And so what was kind of neat though, was just that that gave me a framework for even figuring out how do I want to structure this thing with, with my parents, right? It was technically mm-hmm. their business. And so that uh, I set that up technically as like my first client, my first partnership. And uh, in hindsight, that was an enormous blessing because it forced me to look at how do we structure this deal that's in a true best win-win long-term relationship that they have to be profitable and they need to be making more than I'm making, but I need to be making a, a good wage as well for the value that I'm bringing. And um, I was able to really do a deep dive into our numbers and those kinds of things and work that out with my parents to find what's what's a good percentage, what's a healthy approach for this. So that that became a framework for future clients because... I knew what was going to work long term because I I knew that <laughs> and we're doing a deal with family you have to set those kind of parameters up properly so that it's set up for success you know but so I got basically I wanted to go to the PPP model and I learned and expended my learning curve on us on our own brand <laughs> and um, which was an advantage that I had you know if you're just coming in and maybe you've not done that that's I get that not everybody might have that same advantage but. Having Nathan as a coach was tremendous because I was he just crash coursed me on it. And that became, like I said, that business, the salad dressing business, it was it was five or six years at the time prior to just doing local stuff. But then really quickly, Amazon became the primary revenue stream for that for that product line and still is today. It's the main thing. We still sell in some stores and stuff, but really Amazon's the main, the main oh, that's awesome. Are we still still doing some fulfillment for you guys to our prep center? I hadn't are we? Yeah. Yeah, you guys do all of our merchant fulfilled stuff. Do we? Okay, I didn't even know. I knew that. <laughs> That's how detached I am from that part of my business at times. I, I'd seen your stuff on the shelf last time I was in there, but which has been a while back. But okay. Yeah, yeah, we we send all, we send in all the FBA stuff, but yeah, you guys do all the merchant. That's great. And it's going uh, well. Your dad's happy with it. Your parents are happy yeah. with how it's rocking. Yeah. If anything, actually, that's kind of we're at a growth challenge for that business because. Where he can't produce anymore, and so we're mm-hmm. we're talking with co-packers to get that at scale. We've had yeah. a lot of, ever since COVID and the conversations with the co-packers. Everything's gone haywire. So uh, sure. finally, finally dialing that in. But really, we've been at the point to where every week we're running out of inventory. So it's uh, wow. Because I was going to say, hey, let's give a shout out to your brand, but you guys are selling out constantly. I think we're going to anyway, just so people can go look it up. Good luck getting yeah. some, but right. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick insane. a link. Stick yeah. a link in the show notes to the to you know a listing so people can see it's brick house right it's like organic healthy salad dressings yeah. Yeah. correct yep so it's all yeah all clean label low carb low sodium all of that 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 was the we, we were going through some health stuff at the time that was kind of the angle that dad who's a chef he got frustrated because he was making health changes and all the salad dressings out there were full of junk and the you think you're trying to eat healthy and it was ruining your salad right so right. Uh, so he can just go make make anywhere. You know, I couldn't do that. But so yeah, that's kind of the basis of that brand. But but again, for me, that's just served as a as a testing ground to learn how to do this. And really listening to more podcasts as you would talk about this, Jim, you you gave me confidence to actually go approach other brands because I felt like, you know, 
I'm just a few months into this. I don't know anything <laughs> about Amazon. All I know is a couple of things I've done with our brand. And I've seen some degree of success and seeing it working. But you would say, you know, go talk to people, go to trade shows and tell them, you know, you're a part of this community of, at the time, 50,000 people. I don't even know what we're at now, 70 something or 71, coming up on two. Yeah. 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 Grown. And I did that. I was, I was working a trade show for, uh, for our business uh, with my parents and went up to some other products that looked like they could do well on Amazon and just said, Hey, this is what I do. I help people, I help brands get on, <laughs> on Amazon. But I, it was like you gave me the courage that I needed. You, you, you encouraged me, right? You put that courage in my heart to go and to approach somebody that I might not have had the confidence myself to go do that. And that was huge. That's Even- great. Well, it, let, let's give, you know, I've, I've said different versions of kind of what you just said a, a good handful of times, encouraging people what, what you know, the value of the, the information that's stored in your head, just hanging out in this group and selling a few things on Amazon. So you've been doing it six months or a year. And you've sold a few thousand dollars a month during that time. You know the basics. The value of what you have in your head is so significant. So if you were meeting someone and like, hey, so what do you do? I hear you do some internet stuff. What do you say at that point in time to start having those confident conversations? What did I tell you to say in your own words? You know, What's the elevator pitch that you know, 15, 30 second? What do you say? Yeah. I mean, so we sell on Amazon and I help other people do it. And I don't know all the answers, but I'm connected to a community of people who does. And if there's a problem we come across, give me 24, 48 hours, we're going to fix it. But that was basically it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and the response you get to that simple statement. I, I mean, I like to flower it up a little bit. You know, I say things like I'm part of a group that international, tens of thousands of people, we live, eat, breathe, and sleep e-commerce and Amazon. So if I don't know the answer, yes, some of the smart people in that group will. You know, that's my flowery way of saying the exact same thing you just said. <laughs> But your version of it that's confident and comfortable, you'll just be shocked mm-hmm. talking to business owners, people with a product, yeah. even if they're already trying to sell. The thing I discovered too, and you'd know this better than me at this point, Jonathan, is even people who are already on Amazon, yes, most of them are very frustrated trying mm-hmm. to get their brand to get momentum, to figure out the landscape. Mm-hmm. They're more than willing to give somebody a cut mm-hmm. to apply some of the knowledge that they're learning Yes. Know, from this community to their brand and to their... Because they don't want to... Like your dad, he doesn't want to goof around on Amazon. He wants to make great salad dressing. Yeah. Talk me through that a little bit, man. Yeah. I mean, some of it was my initial unwillingness or my risk tolerance was much lower <laughs> than whatever yeah. I first started. You know, and, and I can live with that. I mean, you're married, yeah. you have some young kids and more on the way. It's like, ah, you know, I don't, oh, you yeah. don't want to be just throwing money in the wind. Well, it, it, absolutely. We were, in, we were a single income family going to a zero income family. And which I don't recommend our, our path. That was uh, not. Yeah. There was a lot of prayer. I mean, you guys, you guys, yes. you were, you guys God, were wide eyed was... and staring me right in the face for a long conversation when you were on the. I remember <laughs> that, and I, I took it very seriously. I don't remember exactly what I shared, but I remember being very cautious and like, hey, I'm not going to advise you guys to to leap. Yes, yeah, but that's what guys telling me <clears> to do. I think there's a good place for you to land. Yeah, right? something along those lines, and yes. but that's not a poverty mentality. No, no being risk tolerant and risk averse and taking calculated risks, you know, that's just responsible. That's good stewardship. Yeah. So okay. sometimes there, I, I wonder where's that line? Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, of stewardship versus I'm just um, thinking, thinking too small, not willing to to invest in what's going to bring the growth. That's you know that that's more of a nuanced thing. But yeah, certainly thinking who do I who am I surrounding myself with. Who am I placing around me? That's another thing, both in myself, but also if you're like talking with a brand, 
they, one path that you brought up could be maybe they're blaming all these external forces, but you said they need to have a healthy dose of looking in the mirror. So either that and or it's, it's also a good sign if they're just saying, I need to have the right people around me. Those are, again, yeah. people who have that collaborative. It was more of like, I'm, I just need to pull it up by my bootstrap. Yeah, people that encourage you forward. You know, it, it, one of the things that we, when we isolate ourselves, I think that is definitely poverty mentality because <clears throat> one of the yeah. things we have to face one of yeah. the things we have to face when we surround ourselves with other people, especially if they're you know different strengths and weaknesses than ours, is we're going to notice there's people with less talent, less education, fewer assets, mm-hmm. all the more challenges than I have <clears throat> who are outperforming me. Mm-hmm. And when you're forced to confront that, honestly, it either challenges you or makes you better in looking for reasons to like isolate again. And yeah. that's what I love about this podcast and, and why I refer people. You know, they're like, hey, Jim, I, I haven't talked to you in a while. I want to take you to lunch. I'm like, hey, listen to 25 podcast episodes, take notes on your favorite five. Then we'll go to lunch and we'll talk yeah. because they're going to get hit in the face with some people that challenge them. Like, okay, that guy figured it out. Okay, that lady who can't even get out of bed has got an okay, that guy who lives in Slovakia. And has no contacts in America is selling and buying in America now successfully. Like all these people that have figured it out. Mm-hmm. And a poverty mentality keeps you from being honest with yourself that I'm maybe the issue here. If these people are figuring it out, I've got to work on some things and, and, and make this work instead of coming up with excuses. And, well, and it also leads to comparing yourself to others and even in their successes and feeling bad instead yes. of rejoicing with their success. And you know, that's being, so good because, especially, you know, and if you're in a Facebook group and people are posting up screenshots and yeah, mm-hmm. I hit 100K, if you get like deflated and just want to yeah. quit, like that's that's a mindset issue, that's a heart issue. Yeah, uh, you, you hear this thing, you know, comparison is a thief of joy, you know, and we say it, and I don't necessarily disagree with it mm-hmm. because if you're saying, well, I'll never be that good, who are they to shove it in my face that they achieved that, and you kind of make it as a negative towards yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we should be able to celebrate when others win and we should be able to learn from their wins. It requires humility. Yeah. And to know, like you, you've talked about a lot of the Lapin principles about the, the pie versus or cake and candlelight, right? So that was a that was that was a beginning of a shift for me of, you know, just because they made X amount in this month, it doesn't mean I'm not I'm on my path and I'm it doesn't mean there's less for me. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it means, wow, I need to pay attention to this opportunity. How yeah. can I partner up and learn from and and benefit from my association with that person who's obviously figured some things out. And how can I add to their life? Totally. Totally. Yeah. So that was uh, along the way. I just like I continually start finding things that I'm just trying to grow in that abundance mindset and having, yeah, having healthy doses of, of that. Yeah. So I, I think, Jonathan, it's a lot like I'm just kind of equating, I'm, I'm kind of connecting the dots in my head as we talk about it. These are topics of great passion for me, but it's a lot like the optimist versus pessimist conversation where. The default condition for all of us is pessimism. You know, I, I think it was Jordan Peterson talking about this not too long ago. Like, there's no no wonder we're risk attentive, mm-hmm. and we're always a little afraid of what we're getting into when it's new because death is permanent. <laughs> like, risk that kills me is permanent, so I need to pay special attention to that. The positive side, yeah, that's a little harder to fo- force your brain to focus on. So that whole, it takes a lot of work to be an optimist. It takes a lot of intentional gratitude. It's a daily practice. You have to keep yourself there. That's not the default condition. The default condition is pessimism, negativity. Mm-hmm. Easy to drift there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with this abundance mentality. 
and poverty mentality. The default condition, especially in our culture, is negativity towards wealth, towards success, towards profits and building a successful business. And the first thing they say when you built, once you've built that business, how are you going to give back? It's like, I've been given the whole time. Did you guys not see where I like didn't pay myself for the first eight yes. months of this thing, right? Yes. And still I'm the last one paid. All I do I is give. I love with that too. And I think, you know, Lappin talks about this, but even that phrase giving back implies I stole something. I took yeah, something. When did I take something? <laughs> Every dollar I have was given to me by a happy customer. I didn't I want to be generous. Right? I want to be generous. I want to give, but I mean... Oh, absolutely. That's... Yeah, you have to be generous and come from a giving heart. That it's not out of a sense of like, oh, I took so much. That whole concept came from... uh, When when, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin was talking about it, the pirates who would actually for a living rob ships until they got into their mid-30s and they got too risky and they're ready to settle down and enjoy their plunder. Mm -hmm. And then they would give back out of this sense of guilt. Because they'd spent their life killing and pillaging to acquire their wealth. And now they would build a church or build a library to give something back. Like, that's that's not how business works. <laughs> you know, if you're not using the gun to get money from people, then you gotta convince them you've got something of value. You've been serving and giving the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then generosity is just the bonus on top. So yeah, uh, I can talk about these songs all day, but I, I love that connection between optimism, pessimism, and poverty mentality. Yeah. And abundance mentality. I think it's the same type of... There's an overlapping skill set there. I, one more comment on the poverty mentality is I reflect a little bit just even as we're talking. I think for me, just get personal with it, would be having been in ministry for over a decade, uh, it's a low income, right? And it's a fixed you know, salaried right. type situation. And so then there becomes a question, almost in, this, in an unhealthy sense, some people of faith really hold up uh, poverty as a... As a Good thing, right? Because it's a virtue of some kind. It's a virtue. Yeah. All you gotta do is spend all your money to be virtuous. Give it all away and spend it all, and now I'm virtuous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there's obviously an unhealthy end of both sides of that spectrum. Of course. There. But um, but so then you get to, well, okay, if I make more than X amount, whatever that line is, it's a moving target for any any family, then do I feel bad about that? And what am mm-hmm. I supposed to do? So th- that's like some of the internal at what uh, point do I feel guilty? Yes. Do yeah. I feel guilty? Yeah. Well, I, I love it. And when that conversation comes up, you know, just use facts and data to challenge and push back. I'm not trying to put any thoughts in your head by saying what I'm about to say, but these are the facts and data. If you live in a westernized nation, US especially, where you've got clean water, you've got more than about $5 a day and you're available to you to spend, right? You're in a warm house, which is very apropos today for the day, like one of the coldest days in Indiana history is we're both sitting here, like go outside. It's like negative 30 wind chill as we're recording this, right? You know, so if, if you're blessed to have those kind of conditions and you put it into perspective of world history, you're a top fraction of 1%, mm-hmm. right? Just with those things. And then you put on top of that, the houses, the cars, the technology, like we're talking like ridiculous. We're living better than Kings did 200 years ago right now, most of us. And then you say, oh, well, let's just talk about current history. Well, still, you're in the top two, five percent. Mm-hmm. Just with what I described five, ten dollars a day is extra spending money, clean drinking water, warm house. You're not worried about where your next meal is going to come from. You're living large, dude. So it always cracks me up when American Christians or, you know, different belief systems come in like, well, the wealthy or the evil. Like, dude, you're the wealth. You are the wealthy. <laughs> you are. That you've got internet, dude, you're wealthy yeah. beyond imagination of most people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's just a matter of perspective at that point. 
And an interesting poll I saw one time that really helped put it in perspective for me was they asked a whole bunch of people at all income levels, what would it mean to be financially comfortable for you? Like when you look at someone else and go, oh man, they must be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And they just said, name a number. And they said, oh, by the way, what do you earn as the follow-up question, right? So they had two numbers. Yes. Everybody gives a number that's about twice where they are right now. It doesn't matter if you're making $10,000 a year or if you're making <laughs> half a million dollars a year. Everybody gives a number about twice as big as where they are right now. And that's the rich. That's everybody above that line yeah. is the, the fortunate rich, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's, just, it's a matter of perspective on these things. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I mean, those are some of the internal things. And so not to camp out there too long, but those are good. Yeah, no, I, these are great conversations. And, and many people, even though... They've been in our community a while, have never heard these kind of conversations. So I love to have them. It's been a while since we've pounded through it. And I, let me just put this cherry on top of what we're saying. It's impossible to run a profitable business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others, most of whom you'll never meet. Mm-hmm. And that rewind it. I said it perfectly. If I said it too fast, just rewind. That is a solid statement that stands alone. No matter what your belief system is, it's inarguable. Totally. That's awesome. We talk a lot about multiple income streams around here, but rarely do we talk about pruning yes. as part of that. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought that up because it, it takes that wisdom. And I think a spouse, that's a great place to insert Ashley into this. Like if you ask them, they'll tell you. That's you know, that's the value, especially when it's a guy asking his wife, man, they've got our number, dude. Totally. <laughs> we can try to say, no, I'm just cruising through life. Life's great. You know, I've only got two or three things going on. Like, no, sit down. Let's write it out. You're going in a hundred directions. Yeah. <laughs> they know. Jeez. That's great. So you had to do some pruning. I love that concept. I think I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a, the right way to work that into, you know, because we, we, you know, near our house where we live, there's a, there's a beautiful uh, driveway that leads up to a beautiful house, mm-hmm. not far from our neighborhood. And once every four years or so, the beautiful trees that line that, they just chop them down to nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just like ugly, nasty stumps with a few things. But then as they grow out that year, they're bigger and more beautiful than they ever were before. And that's a biblical concept of pruning. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. It, you know, it's not just a matter about adding on more, adding more constantly. You know, what, what do I need to cut out? What do I need to, to get rid of? Life has seasons. And yeah. that's where the value of prayer comes in. The value of a spouse who's kind of connected, that can, can read you and see mm-hmm. what you need for the season you're in. Yeah. For what season's coming soon, you know? Yeah. And for us, it was saying, in this season, what are we saying yes to? And here's these couple of things that we want to go all in on. And I'm going to say no or cut in half a bunch of these other things. And that was that was a huge pivot point for, for us to help me just really focus my efforts. Because I, when you're trying to do seven or eight different things, or even three or four different models, you're spinning your wheels. You don't get the traction that you need. Yep. Really, you know, because you, you talk about that to bolt, not bounce. And I would hear that in all the podcasts, but then like most guys are like, no, but that, that doesn't apply to me. I, I, can, I do, can do some bouncing. Sure. I can do some. So. Yeah. yeah. So, but to really get something down, get it systematized. But then, you, yeah, certainly there's opportunities that you can add. You can do more than one thing, but you, you can't be starting more than one thing at once. And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to start three or four things. Oh, that's good. That, man, that's profound. Man, I love that you've kind of connected these dots based on things. I don't think I've ever said that exact phrase. You can run multiple streams of income, but you can't start them simultaneously. There's a lot of... And the reason that is, is because when you're starting something, and I have said this before, there's that period of intense focused effort that makes almost everything else just kind of 
You know, yeah. the volume goes down to, to two on everything, except this one thing, the volume's at 10. And, yes. you know, even you, you even kind of have to warn your family at times. It's like, okay, I need like four weeks where I'm not going to be normal because <laughs> I'm going all in on this. Then after that, hold me to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting back to balance. Mm-hmm. But right now it's going to be very unbalanced. Launching is out of balance, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's required. It's a period of time. So if you try to do that in several different arenas at the same time simultaneously, Mm-hmm. it can be big trouble. And none of it will end up working out. Yeah. Where else do you want to go from here? I definitely want to dive into you know, what you're doing for clients. And if someone wants to work with you guys, how they can do that, we'll stick that in the show notes for sure as well. Uh, those are two things I definitely want to hit. How's business and how can people get a hold of you? But what else is on your list of things that, that we need to hit and talk through today? Maybe share one of your wins, you know, one of, besides the, the brick house. You know, what's another project you guys have worked on that, that you're enjoying? Yeah. So, I mean, a huge, I think, win for me has just been, our, we've been growing, Abe and I, with with our business, it's called Online Biz Momentum. It's the agency model, working with brands. So just taking that PPP model and doing that uh, at scale, we've been growing our team, our, our staff of people to run ads and to make listings and those kinds of things. That's been giving us the capacity to do more. That's been really rewarding. Uh, it's also it's been a huge challenge, especially recently, just um, some new hires have been having to make and finding the right people is so essential. Having the right people. yeah, You can have an SOP, but that doesn't mean it's going to turn out great. <laughs> did you ever read that? Uh, did I ever have you read that book, Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey? You know what? I read it once, but it was a long time ago. Like yeah. 10 years ago. It, it just, sometimes when people, it, it, whenever people say, I'm starting to hire, yes, I refer them to that book. Yeah, I don't agree with, I don't overlap 100%, but I overlap about 90%, maybe 95 even with Dave Ramsey's approach to most things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the way he vets and hires and grows his team, I think he's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's... He went from a card table to a company of, you know, I think at the time he wrote the book, 500 people. And I think it's maybe a thousand plus at this point. Wow. Um, but just the process he went through of how to pick good people, especially at that core level who are going to help you run your business. Yeah. If you're just talking like a specialty person, like, you know, a VA to send emails 100 a week to you know, whatever. Yeah. But if you don't have someone who, who kind of has their hand on the throttle of your business, you know, <laughs> yes. that's a different hire in the process you go through and figuring out who that person's going to be. So it might be a good one for you. Yeah, I, I want to revisit the book. I, one thing I do remember from that book, again, it's been a long time, but I remember he would say, be slow to hire and quick to fire. Yeah. And so it's just a very, like you said, it is a thorough vetting process, but also like, you know, I want to lean towards grace even with our team. But at some point, I mean, I, I probably extend that way too far. He says, you know, firing people can be hard, especially as, you know, Christians and believers, you want to act in compassion. He said, so the way I think of it is I'm sending them off to do what God intended them to do because it's not this. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not this. But as far as where we have to, I mean, it's been exciting to see, really, we've had a lot of growth in the last five or six months. Um, We've had kind of slow and steady in the background and building our team, building our processes, serving our clients well. And then we've had just a convergence of a few things. Some just growth in some of our clients, but also referrals of a, a few just really big brands. And, and I'm not going to disclose names right now just for this. Sure, non-disclosure, but like household <laughs> yeah. brands we'd recognize kind of stuff. Yeah, if you're in their industries. And so, yeah, two of them uh, in, the, in the last couple of months, two or three months. And, uh, and I'll note, both of them came as a direct result of a relationship with somebody in this community. And so just referral, word of mouth, and then building relationship with them. And both of these are companies who are large companies. They're both sell in multiple countries. 
not just Amazon. Actually, they, they would both sell in multiple countries, physical locations, retail locations, and neither one of them had an Amazon operation at all. Brand new wow. to Amazon. So it's, it, yes, there are the small brands like my salad dressings out there, but there are big brands, big national and international brands. Surprisingly, you would think that all those people are selling on Amazon. They might have some ASINs on Amazon that other people threw out there. Resellers picked them up and listed them at some point, but they're looking to get control of that. Yes. Which is a huge... You go to any trade show and just go booth to booth brand owners mm-hmm. and say, hey, how do you feel about Amazon? 90% of them are going to go, oh, yes. can't stand Amazon, but man, we need to figure it out. Yes. You know, that's oh. the response you're going to get from just about every brand out there, unless they've got someone good like you already <laughs> representing them. It's like, yeah, we got a guy that does that. And they're doing great, actually. Yeah. And that's the only other answer you'll get. Yeah. And most brands are just frustrated. They try to figure it out internally. They don't know how it works. They're frustrated. They, they know that it's only, you know, because you and I both know this, but a listener, some listeners may not realize that only about 16, 18% of retail is online. Mm hmm. And almost half of that is Amazon. Yeah. But still, you know, if you've got a brand, 80% plus of your business is still traditional retail channels. But there's this little painful needs to be addressed issue over here. E-commerce, half of which is Amazon. Someone needs to figure this thing out. Mm -hmm. We threw some money on it. Haven't figured it out yet. I mean, that's the story of a lot of brands out there. Huge opportunity. And, And that's where I would love for just, if people are listening to this, take this home of like, you, you can do this because the reality is, is we started working with some of these bigger brands recently. Most of the time we've worked with small, medium-sized brands. The problems that they have, most people... And most if you're doing replens, you can probably figure out three-fourths of their problems. It's shipment issues. It's listing issues. It's case log issues. Or a lot of people, it's PPC, PPC advertising issues. And right. that's a skill. You can go learn or you can partner with somebody. And mm-hmm. um, like, yeah. And again, these are brands that like... They're doing millions of dollars of sales off Amazon and they're just not leveraging Amazon. So there's like just some low hanging fruit to come in. But once one brand, uh, the bigger of the two that we just said, uh, started working with, we're four weeks in and they're at $80,000 in sales. Like, and that was just on getting, Amazon. Yeah, it's on Amazon. <laughs> but I mean, that's it's because we've only gotten like 15 of the racings up. <laughs> and you just, you just listed them and. Yeah. Do an FBA. You had them send some product in. So far, that's all merchant fulfilled. That wow. there's. Some, Product inbound right now. It's wow. a pretty mad. This is a lot of high ticket stuff. It's a unique category, but like, sure. Uh, What's your payment arrangement with them? Like, yeah. are you guys paid a cut of what they sell on Amazon, or how yeah. do you work it out? We're a percentage, a percentage based. Um, and so, actually, that's a good thing to bring up because if you're interested in this model, you know how to. I guess I would love to give some painful experiences. What we learned along the way, what was initially was taught was just do a percentage of the payout of the Amazon payout, net of all fees. And we do that, but along the way, I learned I need to add in a, a minimum to that, a bottom yeah. floor to that. A setup fee. Yeah, but yeah, that even like a minimum is, monthly maintenance. Yeah, because on the front end, like what you said, in starting any business, and this is true, starting a new client, especially if they're new to Amazon, there's a three or four months, two or three months where there's a lot of focused effort, and their payout might not uh, kick into that percentage yet, you mm-hmm. know, on that front end, and yet you're doing the bulk of the work on that front. It's very front loaded in nature. And so to have some sort of, it doesn't have to be super high, but to have something there, it's, it helps to just cover the, the cost while you're, while you're growing them. And then the long term is more the percentage. So from yeah. our point, we, we hope that we're off of that retainer within, I don't know, two or three months. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
And I know that, again, we're talking about the Proven Product Partnering, which is a module inside the Proven Amazon course put together by our coaching director, Nathan Bailey, who's done a good number of these as well himself. He, he represents multiple accounts himself currently. So I think between you guys and him, some of the foremost knowledge experts on this topic in our, in our community right now, one of the things I was going to ask you is, do you guys use a, a buyout clause? I know that's one of the things that we teach because at some point, some brand might say, hey, uh, notice you guys aren't doing a whole lot anymore, really. It's all set up. Our stuff's listed. We're just shipping it into Amazon. Like, There's not a whole lot for you to do. I think we'd like to take over the brand ourselves. Do you guys build that into your agreements? Because I know we encourage that in the, in the proven product partnering training. You know what? We, we actually haven't been. And that's something that you know, we should revisit. Definitely. That's, um, that's a good reminder. We've I think just... one of the things we teach in there is whatever they paid you the last two months... They can pay you that at any point as a lump sum and buy mm-hmm. out your position. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Just as an idea. So yeah. as this $80,000 client becomes you know, half a million dollars a month, and yes. they're like, I think we're going to hire someone internally rather than paying <laughs> you guys all this money every month. Yes. Okay, let's all still be friends here. Here's the agreement. You know, Pay us out that one last big check and give us a great endorsement. You know. Yeah. Uh, for our for our website, and we'll be on our way, and everyone's happy, right? Uh, but because there's many of those clients out there, yeah, and yeah, I mean that's a, just an encouragement. At that point, there's there are so many brands out there. It is not saturated in terms of there's so many brands who need help, and so and you, whoever you are listening, you have relationships that Jim doesn't have that I don't have, and you can that's either right. serve them or you can connect them. Yes, how can people work with us? We have a lot of people in the community here that. They'll bring us referrals and leads and we'll give them an ongoing percentage of what we're doing to uh, manage that brand. Maybe some of them want to learn and we'll say, hey, let's, you know, we'll, we'll show you the ropes. We'll, we'll show you, we want to help you in whatever way we can. Uh, we've had some people, uh, other coaches and whatnot say, hey, I don't want to mess with that business model. Here's a client, <laughs> take them and, you know, we'll, we'll happily give you a, a, a cut of that going forward because that's a relationship we didn't have to cultivate and lead. Like you brought them to us, kind of warmed up, ready to go. So. Yeah, but the, again, the value of relationships, the value of community, and and that that's the way business has grown. I've been watching this sort of thing happen here for coming up on a couple of decades, and it's beautiful to watch, man. Yeah, every one of these relationships is just it makes our platform bigger and stronger, mm-hmm. where people can stand on it together and and build something. Yeah, actually, Abe has another acronym for PPP, and it's uh, people, products, and potential. Like, are these the people I want to work with? Uh, does this product like is it viable or is it just like this isn't going to work on Amazon? And then do we have potential to actually grow this account? Because okay. I don't want to just maintain and keep this here. Like, can we grow you? If if those boxes aren't checked, like it's not a good deal. It's going to waste our time, waste their time. Yes, we can make a few bucks, but uh, at some point, you're like that's not worth it. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to I want to help you. I want a relationship. It reminds me a lot of how we do our coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a website where you can just go and put in a credit card number and order coaching. <laughs> for a very good reason. Some people do. Some people charge as much as we charge for a coaching. They charge that for a course. And wow. people just plug in their credit card number and, and they go to town and, and mm-hmm. just disasters ensue because people have to be positioned properly. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the person, the season of life, their health, their ability to focus, you know, all these factors go into it. You know, what are, what's their financial situation? Are they desperate? Desperate isn't a good foundation for a season of intense focused effort on a new venture, right? Yes. You, now, you can be desperate and hustle and do some other things, but 
getting a coach when you're desperate? No, probably not the best move. So we, we really do vet out who it is we're going to work with because we want success stories long-term and great relationships and, uh, and not people acting out of you know, a desperate position, basically, or uh, you know, spending their last few dollars on their last hopes. Like, no, you need to be flipping books. You, you know, I, we tell people in that situation, hey, contact all the neighbors, all the friends you know, maybe on Facebook and say, hey, I'm selling things online now. I'll give you half the money if you got stuff you're trying to get rid of. I'll come pick it up. I'll list it. I'll do all the work. You get half the money. Mm-hmm. You'll have more work than you know what to do with. And you'll be putting a few thousand dollars a month in your spare time in the bank. Like That's what you need to do right now totally. yeah. until you got some, some margin in your life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.